Welcome back to What You'll Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. Good morning, g'day, good evening. My name is Adam Jones. Today we're reviewing a fantastic book by Dale Carnegie, Stand and Deliver, How to Become a Masterful Communicator and Public Speaker. So if that name sounds familiar, it's because he writ, uh, writ, wrote <laughs> the, uh, the book How to Win Friends and Influence People and How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. Yeah, so that's probably one of our favourite books of all times, How to Win Friends and Influence People. So this one... It was my number one for a long time and just recently got knocked down to number two. Yeah. 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 Legend of a book. So phenomenal stuff. Like his skill, one of his main skills is knowing how to communicate with people. Mm. So where How to Win Friends and Influence People is more than one-on-one communication. This is more for you and obviously the whole audience. Yeah, and if um, you guys might have... You might have heard the story... Warren Buffett said his greatest investment he, he was um, going to the Dale Carnegie public speaking course, mm. which is based on um, the, the content from this book. As That's well. right. So, yeah, everything in this book was basically the content for uh, yeah Warren Buffett's best investment he yeah. ever made. And he's the most successful investor of all time. Yeah, one off, so. yeah exactly. He said he just couldn't speak. He just was crippled by fear. Of speaking in front of people until he went to this course. Yeah, that's right. So the big praise. The power of speaking, man, it's it's huge. So it's it's probably the best way you can position yourself as an authority on a subject. And mm. as soon as you're seen as a speaker, you're automatically held in very high regard due to the halo effect. I'd say. Mm, nice, nice. Sorry, back to thinking fast and slow. The uh, other thing is, you know, when people go through these studies, they're always like public speaking is like people's number one or number two fear yep. for a lot of um, a lot of people. Yeah, and the other thing about it, I think it's it's one of those skills like like writing. You can public speaking is a skill. If you invest your, your time into it, you're going to be able to use it for the rest of your life. Yep. So I think any investment you make into public speaking yep. is is something of high value. Yeah, spot on. So should we get stuck in? Yeah, mate. Chapter one: keys to high impact delivery. Yeah, so he goes through just some basic uh, high-level advice. So first and foremost, know what you're talking about. So master it and don't be a fraud up there. Yeah, so a lot yeah, of the, whole, the whole book is a lot about of just being authentic. Yeah, definitely. And he says it's not like, you know, you want to be almost like you're having a conversation with the audience, not just speaking at them, that's for sure. And you want to create that emotional connection with the, with yeah. the audience. One big part of this chapter I like is do not memorize all or just even a part of your talk. Mm. Don't even write it out. So if you do, your presentation will sound like you're reading rather than speaking. So he suggests rehearsing it. I think it's his latest book, but he suggests rehearsing it in your brain, rehearsing it in front of the mirror, rehearsing it in front of people. So just keep rehearsing it and let your talk evolve that way as opposed to writing it down and, and reading. Yeah, I love it. And so as opposed to writing it down word for word, he says like, say two weeks before you talk, sit down, pen and paper for 20 minutes and write down minimum 50 questions about your topic. And he says because asking questions stimulates the brain to think rather than making statements. Yeah. So if you sit down and write 50 questions, subconsciously it's going to make your um, your brain start thinking about the answers, I guess. Yeah, and that's that, right. And that can form your speech. Yeah, and I think he, he says answer the questions three or four days before the talk. Yeah. Or something like that. So, so it's basically like, yeah, you sit with the question for a week, a week and a half before you start answering them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he says, depth of conviction counts for more than the height of logic and enthusiasm is worth more than knowledge. Mm. So again, it's just authenticity and enthusiasm about the subject can uh, be more valuable than, than even knowledge. Yeah, awesome. It's pretty cool. Love it. So yeah, he says in debates, the person with the facts and figures. So if you think about all the debates in 
you see on TV and all that. The person with the facts and figures usually doesn't win compared to the person who's who's more engaged and actually sounds the best. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know what I liked as well? You said there's an old saying, small minds talk about things, average minds talk about people, but great minds talk about ideas. Mm. So that's a different thing. Rather than just, as you, yeah, basically what you said as well, apply yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah, bang on. Chapter two <clears throat> is what every listener really wants and what every speaker needs to know. Mm. And this this is just huge on the concept of just being your natural self when you're on stage. Don't be a, a you know stinky little fraud. And the audience, time you said fraud, it's, yeah, you don't yeah. don't be a fucking. Fraud. Well, there's a lot of speakers out there. Yeah. That are fucking fraud, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, you've been done a few times. <laughs> <laughs> mate, we're going to do the magic formula. Oh, mate, because yeah. I've been sucking. <laughs> So, yeah, it says the audience The audience actually wants to like you, but you have to earn their interest and affection, and, mm. and they want you to win them over. Yeah, that's it. Another thing, he, again, I'm sort of, he says later in the book, but he says, when you're, like, when you're introduced as the speaker for this topic, you automatically get people's attention and interest, mm. automatically, but you've only got like three seconds to prove that you deserve it. Yeah. And if within that first three to five seconds, you can easily lose them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so this chapter also touches on the concept, which is in how to win friends and influence people. Everyone's mm-hmm. favorite subject is themselves. So yeah. just keep that in mind. With everything you say in your talk, don't make it about you. Yeah. They're just they're just sitting there thinking about what's in it for them yeah. themselves. So just make sure everything touches on their own self-interest. Yeah, correct. Anything else for chapter two? Yeah, uh, so... A real big one here is when you speak, it's really your eyes that involve your listeners in your presentation. Mm. So make sure... I remember there was a good speaker a couple of years ago, a guy called Ben Harvey, bit of a mm-hmm. fucking fraud as well. <laughs> no, he's all right. He's all right. Seen he's good. Anyway, he, he had a real good skill of, throughout the whole day of speaking. He'd look everyone in the eye. And at the end mm. of the day, he said, who, who thought... Who saw me staring directly at them? And there was about a thousand in the audience, and the whole audience put their yeah. hands up. So, yeah. at one stage, he looked at everyone in the eye of the audience. That's impressive. So, how, how did he do it? Did he, he surely didn't just go row by row, person. No, no, he just did it. Just he just random. the whole time, every single point he he made, he'd, he'd stare at someone in the, in the face and look at them as if he was speaking directly to them. And yeah. so, I thought that's pretty powerful. Yeah, nice. Just another quick one: moving yeah. to stage, walk briskly, confidently, and purposefully, and. In terms of position, position the, the lectern is your home base and then mm-hmm. identify a couple of positions where you can move out of mm. when you're confident. Yeah. The other thing he says for this is dress to match the audience's expectations. Yeah. So if you're speaking at a big corporate business event, don't go in with your shorts and Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> and vice versa, if you're speaking at a, uh, I don't know, what's another funeral. example? A funeral, yeah. It's the same, same deal probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. yeah don't, don't go to the Hawaiian shirt again. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that up. Chapter, <laughs> chapter three, probably the probably the most interesting pe- one for most people is overcoming stage fright. So, yeah, mate, that's it has to be the, the biggest thing stopping from people from becoming the speaker, and probably the biggest thing that creates the dip in yeah. when when developing the skills to become a speaker. Yeah, definitely. Um, and he says there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Yeah. What's the? I'm sort of yeah. Actually, sorry, mate. You go. Yeah, so he says he had a pretty cool story at the start. Mm. So two kids had a drunk, abusive, violent father, and as they grew older, they were interviewed by a psychologist. 
Mm. And, you know, they were mar- remarkably different from one another. One was like a real success- successful teetotaler. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I think and, he just doesn't, doesn't drink, doesn't touch alcohol. Yep. And then the other person was a hopeless drunk like their father. But when they were asked, why did you develop the way they did? They both had the same answer. Mm. What else would you expect if you had a father like mine? Yeah. So I think this is just touches on how you how you're going to deal with the the fear of becoming a public speaker somehow. Yeah, <laughs> I try and tie it back, and it's saying it's not what happens to you, but it's how you react to it. Yeah. In that, as you said, the two people had the two exact same experiences, but they reacted in completely opposite ways. Yeah. One saw what could happen and went the exact opposite. And one saw what had happened. He felt that's what happened to him, so he went down the exact same path. Fucking beautifully said, mate. So people, <laughs> in public speaking, what we're scared of is fear of self, just standing up there and you're just yep. plainly self-conscious. Reflection of the past, poor preparation, lack of courage to try new things, and lack of encouragement from other people. Mate, I'm not sure if you did that intentionally or not, but the one you skipped was the one that I thought was the most important one. Oh. was um, over-concern about what others think. Yeah. Did you, did you think know. that was the least important have, or you no, just missed I must have it? it. <laughs> I just reckon that's the biggest one is that you, you're yeah. scared and self-conscious because you're worried about what other people are thinking as you're, as you're speaking. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So what you can do, just quickly recognize that other people have the same fears. Yep. Try and analyze your fears. So just have a good look at it, write it all down. Um, find Probably the big one is find a compulsion to speak. Find a reason you want to, to deliver your message. So if your reason is bigger than, say, you, then... You, you're probably going to lose your self-consciousness because your focus goes on, moves on to delivering the message as opposed to just worrying about yourself and how you're going to look. Yeah, for sure. And he says that most of the fear comes before you actually step on stage in that you're um, having that anxiety of what what could happen, what might happen, what's going to happen when you get up on stage that you're so um, paralyzed by fear before you actually start. Yeah. So the secret of success, he says, is putting fright into the proper perspective and channeling this in a positive way. And uh, he says, most people make progress once they approach public speaking in an organized way. And this is especially true when overcoming fear. Yeah, nice. And what's the best way to develop confidence? Just do it. Just <laughs> just, just practice, fucking... just speak, just do it as much as you can. Just Yeah, do it. just fucking do it. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to go away. The more you practice and everything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Yep. Nice. Chapter four? Chapter four, use, <laughs> using humor effectively. Yeah. He says a good rule of thumb is to be slightly suspicious of anyone who takes themselves too seriously. So don't be, yeah, if, don't be the speaker who's taking himself too seriously. Make sure yeah. you can have a bit of a, a bit lighthearted, a bit of a laugh yeah, where, so. where appropriate. He says humor fills a basic need of the audience. They, mm. they actually want to laugh Sorry, they don't just want to laugh. They actually they need to. They yeah. need to laugh. What? But what essential? What's essential about being funny on trying to be funny on stage is like communicate your desire to be funny to the audience. So if they don't know you're trying to be funny, <laughs> then they're just confused. Especially if you're not funny. Yeah. Yeah. If you're trying to be funny but you're not, and they don't think you're funny, it's it makes for an awkward. Yeah, awkward. That's right. And then if your joke's just shit, if it just, if it just goes down like an absolute lead balloon, yeah. then make it, make the joke yourself. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you fuck up, you got you you can always just say, just laugh at yourself at how unfunny you were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he says there's also just the expectations as well, as you mentioned that like, so if you walk into a, a movie that's meant to be a comedy, 
you're expecting to laugh, you're expecting things to be funny. Yep. So if there's a slightest joke, you'll probably laugh at it. Mm. Whereas if, you, if you're walking into like a, a massive drama or a, a horror film yep. and you're not expecting jokes, if something funny happens, you're probably less likely to laugh at it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So the thing about jokes, though, they're going to be congruent with your whole presentation. So yep. they're going to be relevant. Don't just do it for the sake of doing it, especially yep. if you're not funny. And yeah. another tip he's got, don't let humor dominate your identity because, mm. you know, they won't take your message probably as, as effectively. Yeah, your identity is meant to be as an impactful speaker that's inspiring change, not as a stand-up comedian. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So next chapter, just before we get in the title, he oh, says... mate, sorry, one more thing that yeah, I man. thought was funny. Well, not yeah. funny, but good. He said that don't make jokes about things people can't change. <laughs> um, yeah, so like... <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, an appropriate... Mate, that's just don't, don't be a cunt. Don't, yeah, don't make jokes. If someone gets hit by a car and it wasn't their fault, don't make a joke about it. Yeah. Unless it was you. <laughs> you can make I'm a joke about yourself. I'm hoping most people can figure that yeah. out. <laughs> you know, but... Someone goes in on a wheelchair or something. Don't make a joke about yeah. it. Hey, there was... I saw, oh, actually, probably inappropriate. Yeah. I was at a stand-up comedy... It's a Melbourne comedy fest. Yeah. And he had a funny wheelchair joke, but yeah. I might save that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, the next chapter says, this can instantly transform you from a complete novice to a thoroughly professional speaker. And that is, so it's chapter five, stories and self. So how to win attention and respect. Yeah, nice. So it's using stories or anecdotes basically mm. to connect with the audience. Yeah, good. Clearly communicate it. You know, he says, get your facts and figures right. But having that um, the story or anecdote to personalize it yeah. is way more effective. Yeah, and arousing emotions in yourself as a speaker, you can bring out the same emotions in your audience. So it's just a way of connection. Mm. He said it's the most effective way to get to the heart rather than the head. The facts and figures, people are thinking logically, but when you can tell a, a personal story um, of self-revelation, that, that's when you get into the emotional side. Yeah. Mate, any more in chapter four for you? No, that was a short chapter for me. Yeah, chapter six, motivating your listeners to action. So he says it's a good idea to just have a have a goal of uh, your present presentation. Yeah, always know where you're going. Always know what you want to get out of it. Always know what you want them to get out of it. Yep. Stay on course. Yeah. yeah. And speaker, um, you can gain the confidence of your audience as a speaker by just having just confidence in yourself and in the way you, you present your ideas and conviction yep. in the way you present it. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, love it. Yeah, you said there's three reasons to do a talk. One is to inform, one is to entertain, and one is to inspire action. Yep. So if you don't just speak because you can, have, yep. a, have a reason. So if, you, if you're trying to, if your goal is to bring about action from them, you've got to think about real, like, uh, every conscious and deliberate action we make is through desire. Mm-hmm. So he says, if if your teenager wants to smoke, the way you get him to not want to smoke is to ask ask yourself, what does he want even or he or she want even more than smoking, and mm. that's how you are that's how you get the Trojan horse into making them do action. Nice, yep, nice, cool, man. So chapter seven, if you winning the first minute, uh, making a positive impression. <laughs> so like we said, you automatically get the attention, but you've got to then capture it and make sure that you're worthy of the attention. Yep. And don't use humor at the very start. It's mm. the dessert, not the main course. So don't nice. give it too soon. You're going to win. He says you're going to win the privilege of having the audience on your side before mm. you start using humor and doing all your gags. And he says that's the two common things that people do wrong at the start. One is starting with a joke mm. and one is starting with an apology like, oh, oh, sorry, I'm not a very good speaker. Or Yeah, it's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's just That's just the... How often do you see it though? Someone yeah, gets up and goes, I'm not a good speaker, but 
you know, I'll make this short and sweet because I don't like yeah. speaking and all, you know, just make it, it short and sweet and don't, there's no purpose in saying it, is there? No, nah, it makes you think this guy's going to be shit. Yeah. And then everything, is, halo effect again, everything you see, you're going to be like, this guy's Yeah, it's shit. got less impact and, yeah. and the whole the whole speech just loses a lot of value. Yeah. So don't start with a joke. Don't start with an apology. Yep. He did say here, know, know the wording and delivery of the opening exactly, didn't he? Yep. And the same as the closing. So you start off on the right foot. Don't start with the ums and ahs. Start with the appropriate pauses, etc. Yep. And he suggests opening maybe with your story to yep. capture their interest and uh, proceed. And yeah. there's a good quote at the end of this. Make sure you've finished speaking before your audience has finished listening. Yeah, that's so, a sick quote. Yeah. yeah, he says open with curiosity. Start them yeah. with that curiosity. Get them interested. Get them involved. Get them on your side. Um, and yeah, I think there was another quote. Was it this one? That I like? It's a good. Yeah. So at the there's end of every good, chapter, there's, there's a pretty three sweet quotes. quotes. Um, yeah, this is a Mark Twain one. The right word may be effective, but no word was ever as effective as a correctly timed pause. I like that as well. Yeah. So, so use pause the with intention. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have stage fright, just make it look like it's an intentional. <laughs> <laughs> uh, chapter eight: Power of Persuasion. Part one. So if you're going to try and persuade him to get uh, a certain belief or an idea or take an action, you're going to let them think they reach the, the desired conclusion on, on their own. Mm. Yeah, nice. It's sort of... Uh, I'm trying to think what it's specific. A lot of books. Yeah. Where if they think it's their idea, they're much more likely to believe it and take action yeah, upon if it you're than jamming if you're telling it, them what to do. Yeah, if you're jamming it down their throat, then yeah. they're not going to... The gag reflexes are going yeah. to just shut it back up. On them. Yeah, open the door a crack and let them push it open and walk through. Yeah. Uh, should we get into the five uh, ways of persuasion? Yeah. Just, just briefly, because I don't think we fully... <laughs> we didn't understand it ourselves. Not fully. <laughs> so, number one, invention. So, it's the process of developing and refining your arguments. Mm-hmm. Uh, arrangement. So, arrange your... So, it's structure, arrange, and organize your arguments for maximum impact. Style, so deliver your style appropriate to, to the audience. You know, you're doing a technical presentation at work or you're doing a best man's mm-hmm. speech. Memory, so uh, learn and memorize your speech, not not word for word, but just, just the content and yeah. maybe using cues maybe like structurally, slides. yeah. And delivery, practice the way you deliver your speech through pronunciation, tone, and know when you're going to give pauses and maybe stress on certain words and so on. Nice, you did that well, I reckon, because... Yeah. Yeah, you're across a lot better than I was. And then he said there was four different ways you can sort of make this happen. One is think combination, so the combination of two different ideas. Uh, one is think adaptation, so adapting something else. One is think substitution, and the final one is think big. Yeah. So he says like um, Carl Sagan, who was all about the cosmos and the galaxy and everything, he was saying you always use billion and trillion as much as possible. So make things sound as big as possible. So use big words, big numbers. Big. <laughs> think big. Yeah, I love it. Just think big. Chapter nine is Power of Persuasion, part two. I really like this idea. So every idea, concept, or conclusion that actually enters your mind will be completely believed unless hindered by a conflicting idea. Mm. Yeah, Definitely. So if, if you present an idea to someone, you don't have to convince them of the idea's truth, mm-hmm. um, but you have to prevent the conflicting ideas mm-hmm. from arising. Very nice. So it's a totally different way of looking at it. Yeah, very nice. Definitely. I like that a lot. So if no con- contradictory information is coming, you they'll just, just completely believe it. Yeah. So you <laughs> yeah, be aware of, maybe you have a good think about what conflicting yeah. ideas are arising in their brain as you do your talk. Yeah. 
And that also definitely you yourself shouldn't raise the contradictory things then as well. Yeah. Any um, more on that, man? He talks um, a little bit about the about worrying. So obviously Dale Carnegie's got the other book, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. And he says that a lot of people's worries are things that aren't ever going to happen or things that are in the past that can't be changed. And he says only 8% are legitimate worries. Mm. So yeah, stop, stop worrying, start living. Yeah. Um, Hang on. And so just some some other little tips for the power of persuasion. Repetition has persuasive power. Yep. Also use contrast to persuade. Yep. So, yep. you know, if you're talking about something like climate change, maybe paint the picture of the future of mm. all the, you know, the water rising and your mum swimming to the milk bar or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. And, uh, yeah, and then paint that to where the picture that you want uh, everyone to go. And yeah. another one, Proximity, who, you know, we mm. saw Tony Robbins, he does that very well. He'll, yeah. he'll come up to you and be, you know, pretty much standing on your toes yeah. and whilst he's delivering a few one-liners. And he smells so good. Yeah, what that does he, he smells so bloody good. Fuck, good to find out what that cologne um, was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it says here, much to what you were saying, use tangible, vivid words and images. Don't use hypotheticals and abstractions so much. Um, use suspense, use conflict, because he says people are good at recognizing differences uh, rather than uh, recognizing inherent qualities. Yeah. So use something that they can contrast against, as you mentioned as well. Yeah. So chapter ten, should we get into the, the magic formula? The magic so formula. So if anyone's been um fucking <laughs> taken on a ride, spent money on a, a course or something that was just an absolute <laughs> anyone anyone out there. No, was oh, one. Uh, I got sucked into a foreign exchange trading <laughs> one. He nailed it with this magic formula. You fucking nailed it. Yeah. So it's I don't know if everyone the listeners have noticed <laughs> or been to a seminar like seminar like this, but all the speakers they do the same thing. Yeah. And this is the fucking magic formula that suckers people into spend on money <laughs> on shit they don't need, basically. <laughs> so use this use this for the better of the world, I think. Yeah. Before So yeah, number one is share a vivid personal experience that's relevant to the action you ultimately want your listeners to take. Mm-hmm. And so to relate that to some of these, uh, the frauds you've been um, scattering throughout is that they'll, they'll say like, oh, I was just like you. I was I was yeah. fat. I was broke. I was in thousands Sitting of dollars there, of debt. I was depressed debt, and, and I was, was crying. Nothing. I had no money. <laughs> yeah. and all that. So they just paint the picture. Like of themselves them. being shit. Yeah. yeah, basically and shit. And then they, number two, call directly upon your audience to take that single well-defined action. Yeah. So they were useless they were on the depths of fucking whatever, depression and suicide and whatever, until they found foreign exchange trading. Yeah. And everything this, changed. Yeah. They found a, I'll say they, they found a speaker yeah. come in and I was in, you know, I had no money, but I had a credit card. <laughs> <laughs> so then they eliminate the money excuse like that. But I had a credit card. I took action. I, I took action. I got six credit cards maxed out for 30 grand. Yeah. And then I took action and then... Chapter then part three of it is so yeah. after they took action clearly and convincingly describe the benefit that listeners will gain by taking the action yeah. you desire. So then, yeah, they spend the thirty grand in, on the credit card yeah. and then they took, they took this course and, and then they became a millionaire and had a hot, them, got a hot wife, got a hot wife, <laughs> traveled to Europe, yeah, traveling the world with the fucking yachts and jet skis and yeah. helicopters and now they're just their life is just immeasurably Mate, better. Every fucking one does. <laughs> every it's the same. Everyone. It's the same. Um, Content, the same strategy. Every single same one, man. From Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins does it oh, as well. Oh, definitely, yeah. But, you know, could be works. true. Could be true, but I think they might chuck a bit of salt and pepper on there. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Every so that's a, just, that's a magic formula. First is you share that vivid personal experience. 
that's relevant, obviously. And then second is you've got that single well-defined action. And third, the, the clear benefits after yep. taking that action. Fucking love it. It works. Man. It Use works. It. Yeah. Mate, you are. Uh, you <laughs> found out that out the hard way. Yeah, Chapter 11, dealing with questions and answers. Yep. So this can be a very influential part or memorable part of the talk. So basically, the biggest takeaway from this is just give a lot of respect to the talker. You know, they've sat there and listened to you for an hour or whatever. So give them a lot of respect, eye contact, and uh, yeah, and and with the answers. If you don't know what the answer is, just say you don't know. Yeah, don't don't make up something because then you just you're susceptible to being called a fraud, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> don't make up something that you don't know is true. Just admit that you don't know it. Yeah, and have eye contact and yeah, yeah just just be sincere. Try and connect with them at the end. Yeah. That's everything from that chapter for me. And chapter 12, how to conclude a presentation. So he says this is you know, an extremely important part where you should probably know the words or certain mm. words you're going to use at the end and know how you're going to deliver that and rehearse the ending because yeah. Yeah, that's what people leave with. Yeah, that's it. The end's probably going to be the most memorable because it's the last thing they hear. So yeah. that's how they remember you. So don't end... You could, you could ruin a perfectly good speech by having a crap ending. Yeah, he says don't, don't finish it like... Appreciate and thank your audience at some stage during the speech. You know, mm. show your appreciation for being on stage, but do not end with a thank you. Thank mm. you for listening. It's just fucking yeah. weird. Yeah, so it is weird. The other thing he says is don't say uh, in conclusion or in summary and then summarize it because as soon as people say here in summary or in conclusion, they know the talk's over and they're just concluding. So that's when they switch off. Yeah. And so when you say, All right, just to summarize everything we've talked about, people stop listening from that point on. Mm. Whereas if you're going to summarize it, just fucking do it. Don't say, I'm about to summarize everything. Yeah. So then people are still engaged. Mate, that's, that's me done. But yep. I, I really like so, this book. I, I think it's a five star for me. Five star? <clears throat> yeah, man. Because it's, I looked at doing the Dale Carnegie course myself, Google. It's got, you know, three or four grand. It's, oh, really? Yeah. It, it's quite expensive. And this book's 20 or 30 bucks. So I suggest yep. pick this book up, read it, yep. and then maybe ask for speaking engagements at a Toastmasters or something. And you might get a similar Practice, value yeah. to the three grand from Dale Carnegie's. That's so true. Yeah. That's a good good advice, I'd say, is yeah, read it first, practice it first. Yeah, and then just go out there. And if you want to become a speaker and you're scared, just just go out there and fucking do it. There's probably yep. not a better feeling than being scared of doing something or thinking you can't do it than using your brain to find a strategy to get over it and then and once you get to the other side and you deliver a good presentation, it's it's a fucking it'll be a good feeling. Nice. I'd say it wouldn't be a five star for me. It'd be a high four, strong four, mm. but it's not at the uh, how to win friends and influence people level for me. Yeah. But it was nonetheless very good and definitely worth reading. Definitely worth practicing for yeah. sure. Definitely worth getting good at public speaking. Yeah, man. Whatever you do. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Should we sing the song of the of the communicator? That's a bloody loopy communication. Stand and deliver by Dale Carnegie. Keys to high impact delivery. Know what you're talking about. Purpose of your speech. Leave your audience wanting more. Your goal should be authentic. You were the audience. That's how you become a master communicator and a good speaker. Don't write your speech. Rehearse in your head. Rehearse to your friends and rehearse to the mirror. Overcome stage fright. Most of that fear is before you get on stage. Look your audience in the eye. Speak to them their favorite topic. Their favorite topic is themselves. Be a fraud, be a fraud. Talk about yourself. Spend lots of money. Credit card, credit card. Millions, millionaire. I was fat and I was sitting there and I had no money until I came. 
Foreign exchange trading, property, real estate! Get those fucking men, get the damn money! Credit cards, credit cards! Ha ha ha, fuck your life up! <laughs>